It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. It's 2019. Woo! It's a, it's a new year, and Martin's excited. Yes. New year, new me. It is. What, what's Literally. The, what, what's this new me? I mean, yeah, you do have a haircut, so yeah. that is. Got a haircut. Fixed my face. You know, I, uh, you fixed your face? <laughs> I fixed my face. Oh, good, because you look like a golem before. So it was quite awful. I was definitely being confused. That, for... that, I didn't want to say anything about that, like basketball-sized cyst on your nose, but like it was really obvious. Yeah. I mean, I had that mole under my chin. It was just a disaster. But now I've got, I, you know, I got my insurance. I was able to get a bunch of procedures. I got a lot of work done at the beauty salon. I am looking fab as fuck. <sighs> Oh, boy. This intro. <laughs> Hi, this is the Saturday Friends Club. I'm Josh. Sabrina's here. Hello. As we said, Martin's around. Hello. Um, we're your nostalgia podcast every week-ish, so time frame where we tell you what's good that we used to see. Your English is amazing, by the way. Thank you. I'm really impressed. It's just a vocabulary that is as expansive as the yeah. Library of Alexandria. You know, I have been doing podcasting for many years, and I excel in the high quality that I put forth would, on these. Would you consider yourself a pro? A pro-caster, yes. A <laughs> professional, hashtag professional podcaster. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm making so much money off of this. Don't you know? Oh my god, professional used to be like the one word that we hated back in the I day. I mean, it still sort of is. <laughs> like, rag on it. like, 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 we're uh, professional. Like, an actual professional podcaster is like they're living all, they're, in Hollywood. Yeah, they're the people living in Hollywood or New York. They are either with a media service or they have like set up a Patreon or, by the way, patreon.com slash sat friends club. Um, <laughs> that you know, you can go to and there's that you know, hundreds to thousands of people donating across to them and they're actually made it their own day jobs. Uh, we don't have that. We're consistent, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we. I, I actually have thought about put us if I should reach out and actually see if I could get the show on some podcast network. But we're so independent and edgy. I don't know if they can handle us. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. We just need to have a more independent partnership arrangement with a company like NPR because that will give us the uh, official access to you know the NPR brand. Oh, okay. I feel like we'd have to change up our style a bit to yeah, be part it, of NPR. If you want us to be on NPR, hold on, I got to change this compressor so there is no modulation in our voice. <laughs> Welcome to NPR where today nobody actually ever has any effects in their voice. We are going to talk all like this. We've got very exciting topics for you today because our compressors are set so hard that we all sound like this. <laughs> yes, I am super excited today for what we have in front. Yeah, that's what NPR <laughs> sounds like to me. <laughs> they, not that not that we don't enjoy NPR. I enjoy podcasts. NPR. We they, do enjoy NPR podcasts. Nobody's ever excited on NPR. Nobody that's is, not true. <laughs> no. All right. If you've listened to Planet Money or The Indicator, you would hear, especially on The Indicator, that those two are excited as all heck to be talking about monetary indicators. Boy. Howdy. <laughs> Y'all ready to hear about the markets? Woo! Yeah, GDP. God damn. Oh, uh, my God. But yeah, welcome to 2019. This is the year that you're going to learn to re regret. <laughs> because every year has kind of been that. I mean, it's only been a downward tailspin since 2016. I, I will say that it's starting off with my favorite meme where everybody is now drawing, like, 
the Twitter bird as an actual like bird. <laughs> Wait, what? This oh, I got to show you Twitfur. It's it's the newest hashtag. It's my Price. favorite meme of 2019. For what? What? Five days? I mean, it only took them like a day to sexualize it, but you know that they were doing what they they took what time they needed only to. Only a day. Man. Only a day. Wow. You know, I mean, it is the internet. They figured out that they could make a new character, and then they immediately had to I make mean, this porn of it. This yeah. is actually not the first time. It's just now become a thing that not a lot of people are participating in now. Yeah, mm, I see. You know, the the creating of there there's been there's been history of people making like uh versions of oh. like, like if you remember there was the uh i remember back in the 2000s people were making like the os chans oh that's true yes yeah people were making like anime girls of like oh i'm windows 7 teehee yeah and there was uh, and then recently i think in the uh like early 2010s and maybe like yeah, early 2010s, there was the internet browsers where they were yeah. also channifying. Too. Same thing. So it's like, this is Firefox. Yeah. She's a little fox girl. And then there's Internet Explorer. Who was just falling all over herself. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but at least the uh, the problem was Firefox always just completely forgot what it was doing because of memory leaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about we talk about a thing, Martin? Yes. Let's talk uh, about a thing. Speaking about uh, leaky memory and... Um, <laughs> Uh, how about this? How about things that you should do in 2019 is take care of yourself. And what's a better way to take care of yourself than going to the doctor? Yes. And guess who our doctors? Our doctors are going to be the folks from Scrubs. Yay. Yay. This is a complete mystery to anybody that actually uh, like looked at the icon and downloaded this. They completely knew you were going to say Scrubs. Oh, of course. Yeah. They but anyway, Martin, Scrubs, what about it? Scrubs. Ah, this this is kind of like my guilty pleasure of American TV dramas and uh, comedy. It's just it, it is a show that I love to bits and pieces. I've rewatched at least 3 or 4 times all 8 seasons. The ninth season does not exist and do not contest otherwise. Um it is a show that is both extremely entertaining in terms of the comedy. It's 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 fun, it's fast, but it's also able to dial you in emotionally for some of the most critical tear-joking moments that you can possibly imagine. It is it is, is great. I was introduced to the show back in my undergrad uh, back in my undergrad actually uh, by a friend of mine who was a huge fan of uh, Brendan Fraser and uh, showed me a couple of episodes where Brendan Fraser was uh, uh, was playing along with some of the other keynote actors in the uh, in the series. Uh, John. <clears throat> Uh, uh, Zach Braff and John, uh, John C. McGinley and a couple of other, a couple of folks, which we'll uh, see more of in a little bit. But they are, it, it's just, it's just a fantastic show. It is, it is something that I think really speaks to not necessarily the professional life of of doctors and of nurses and of medical practitioners, but definitely speaks to the personal lives that they can have and just the experience day in and day out of working in a uh, rundown teaching hospital in Southern California. So. Here's an interesting point. When you brought up that we were going to watch, to, to watch Scrubs, I brought it up to Sabrina, and I believe Sabrina's uh, reaction was, oh, no. Why was it, oh, no? Why was it, oh, no, Sabrina? I don't know, because Scrubs never seemed that interesting to me. <laughs> it wasn't? What? How? Why? Had you ever watched any episodes before this? I'd seen a couple episodes, yeah. And it just wasn't inter- it just wasn't interesting? Not the episodes I saw, no. Hmm. Mostly I just found it a little annoying. Interesting. But 
I think it's because I was watching the episodes from when I think Turk and his girlfriend were fighting a lot. Or were they married by then? I don't remember. That, yeah, the, pretty much they are fighting regardless how they are, is from what I understand. Right. And, but the episode was, like, dedicated to them fighting. So, I don't know. Mm. I just I just found it kind of annoying, mostly. Yeah, it takes a while to be able to... You have to have that investment first right. in the relationship to be able to kind of feel the systems and really get, like, something out of those exchanges, especially in the fights. I don't. I think some of that doesn't necessarily contribute as much to the show's quality, whereas some of the stuff focusing more on like the patient stories and interactions with a couple of other characters make it a little bit more interesting. But right. Well, this was also probably like way later. I don't think I saw any of like the early episodes. All yeah. the episodes I saw were like from later on. Right. So I don't know if that contributes to. Yeah, and as Martin said, there are nine seasons. That there are eight Wait. seasons. There are nine seasons. Eight seasons. Hold on, IMDb. There are eight seasons. There. Are we will not talk about the ninth season. It does not exist. There might be a ninth season that did not include Zach Braff that people do not like. What? Yeah. It is no. We, it's just terrible. It is. How do you have Scrubs without Zach Braff? Isn't Zach Braff basically Scrubs? It's he is the he is the essential part of Scrubs. Yeah, he's the one that does most of the. He does the narrating. Right. So how do you have Scrubs without Zach Braff? That's my point. It's not Scrubs. <laughs> Did all the other characters wear the same? There was a number of other characters, yes. And, and, and Zach were... Braff does show up every once in a while to he remind does. you. It's, it's like it's like the new magic school bus where Mrs. Fizzle shows up every once in a while to tell you that the better show once existed. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why when you ask anybody who is a fan of Scrubs how many seasons of Scrubs there are, there are only eight. It's like people who watch Community and say however many episodes, like, they're just like, there is no last season of Community. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I had watched Scrubs, but I, again, it was much in Sabrina's way, never, like, going through it. It was always like, oh, Scrubs is on, like, whatever local access TV <laughs> is just, like, showing a Scrubs episode. And it's just like, I mean, this is funny. It kind of, they do some sight gags and some silly stuff. And that janitor sure is intense, but that's about it. Janitor is one of my favorite characters. Janitor is a weird guy. Janitor's really weird, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, okay, well, I'll tell you what. How about we go ahead and we start the procedure? Mm-hmm. How about we go ahead and get uh, talk about some uh, some medical needs? And I've got to roll this particular thing because the intro's got to start. And uh, let's go ahead, uh, get to the sink and lather up and go ahead and get in our scrubs I also appreciate your super short intro <laughs> <laughs> that was like 13 <laughs> seconds of mag- like there is a full song for that but it, it's is. just like their intro is the most short. Also, interesting point I found out about the intro is that for the first four seasons, when they put that uh, the X-ray up on the screen, they have it on upwards. They have it on backwards. Yeah, and there's actually a visual gag that happens in the intro for one of the season four episodes, where a character who becomes one of JD's girlfriends named Kim actually goes in there and says, "Oh, this has been upside down. It's been driving me nuts for years." <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, they they were making the entire joke of just like, oh, they don't they're in they're pretty much new doctors. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So they they're doing that. But also Zach Braff completely went like, oh yeah, we just didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, as usual, uh, when we do movies, we do full movies, but with TV shows because of the time investment, we only choose three episodes mm-hmm. to weigh all of our decisions on mm-hmm. so especially weighty pieces on this the three episodes decided were season one episode four my old lady season one episode 22 my occurrence and season three episode 14 my screw up and i believe well probably the best thing to do is to go in order on these from oldest to newest Yes, absolutely. Let's go ahead and start with My Old Lady. All right. So the short description of My own, my Old Lady on IMDb, uh, the whole crew learned to share about uh, to share about death when J.D. takes care of an old woman ready to die. Elliot and Carla watch over a woman who can't speak English and Turk becomes too close with a patient. Um, one thing that I noticed about when we were starting to watch Scrubs mm-hmm. uh, was um, you... I don't believe you were here for it, but we did do an episode, but it fell through of Euro Trip a while back. Uh, and there was a point at the very beginning of this episode where I was like, wow, you know, I'm get, watch, rewatching Scrubs. There was a very weird, like, Euro Trip vibe that I got. Like, the way that the framing is and the kind of way the jokes were going. And it really didn't help that during the episode, uh, one of the guys from Euro Trip is totally in it. <laughs> oh wait, who? Uh, the guy that is going in for surgery. Oh, shoot! Um, uh, Travis Wessler, who yeah, plays Travis David Wessler. Morrison. Yeah. So he is definitely one of the main guys from Euro Trip. Damn. So who, who was he from Euro Trip? He was. Um... He was the brother. Oh, that's right. So he w- he was the brother in Euro Trip. Right. And so there was nothing greater than just being like, ah, it's weird. I'm just getting this vibe. And all of a sudden he shows up and I'm like, God damn it. It's Euro Trip all <laughs> over again. All of a sudden they're just going to be drinking absinthe in a, in a Bratislava bar. It's going to be. Yeah. So that was a very weird vibe. But it is like there is definitely that bit of like jokey humor that goes along with this show. Right. right. Like it's. For all of it, it, it is a series of weird tonal shifts. Right. And that's kind of what Scrubs plays off of. It like has those little gags, whether they be in JD's fantasies, which are always kind of based off of what Bill Lawrence describes as like the everyday shower thoughts that a guy might have or, you know, the person might have uh, where, you know, you would want to rewind what you're saying in a conversation right in the beginning, even if you're going to end up saying the same thing in that conversation again, which is one of the gags that they did for the episode. And on top of that, it also has that just ability to be able to go in and make you laugh and to kind of like, could you in this relaxate? And then all of a sudden, and just from one little line that might be delivered in a character, boom, you're back into like a really intense situation with the patient. And that's the thing that I really like about Scrubs is that it has the hospital as a framing device to dial you in emotionally for those really intense moments. So l- let's go through just a little bit of ep- of this episode. So to right. uh, detail about it, my old lady, we have... Uh, as said, do, 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 um, JD is essentially taking care of an old lady yep. who is basically her kidneys are going out. She basically needs to be on dialysis. And she says, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm old enough. I've done what I wanted. And JD is pretty much dealing with the like, you are willingly dying. Right. Like, this is weird. Sabrina brought up the point that 
especially some for somebody who has been a doctor or has been working their way down the medical field. Like, it's a weird thing to be like, no, you've been cutting up bodies and everything for, you know, your entire medical, like, schooling. But as said, this is episode four, so perhaps this is the first time that it is actually him seated with somebody going like, this is somebody I am going to see die. Right, and that's the point of the episode. It's like, well, you're as a doctor, you're eventually going to have a patient that dies. And this is all about dealing with that first death. And that's what for JD is really important because, you know, the whole... The whole idea, especially in medical school, is that you're training to be able to help save lives. Everything that you do is trying to be able to bring people back from the brink of the worst situation. But when you have somebody that says, you know what? I've lived a good life. I'm ready to die. It's like, what? What? Our circuitry doesn't work, does not respond. I don't know what's going on. Ah, I don't know. I, I guess maybe it's just because I've been around people who've gone through nursing school or have been nurses. And maybe for nurses, it's different. But... Hmm. For the people that I know that were went to school to be nurses, one of their first jobs is to work in a nursing home. So even before they get their full certification, they start working in a nursing home. So in school, they're already dealing with people dying because they're helping older people. Well, and but, there's but, always people dying in a nursing home. But I'm right. sure that there was a first time that that she encountered that. Yeah, but right. I'm just saying it's weird that it's this long. It, into like because now he's doing basically his residency right no no it's not the residency okay. so so this is before the residency this is basically their um their internship okay well i'm not sure if it's their internship but it's basically like before they become what's considered like a full resident uh-huh. doctor they have to do this other like um uh this other uh uh training in with a uh, existing resident in the doctor and i forget what the name of it is called yeah, they definitely are called interns in yeah. season one. Right. So then that's what it is. They're they're interns here. And this is the first time that they're actually, uh, especially um, in the Canada Scrubs, this is the first time they're actually working in a hospital for JD and Turk. Okay. So this is their first time working in a hospital. That's correct. Okay. Yes. All right. So that's why it's that it has that kind of tone for, for both of them in the mm-hmm. episode. And also for, for um, what's her face? Uh, uh, let's see. Elliot. For, yeah, yeah Elliot. So, yeah, uh, moving on uh, to them, Elliot and Carla have a Spanish-speaking lady who is in for, you know, some form of treatment. Right. uh, And basically for for a hernia. And basically for one reason or another, like, she... No, 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 no. It's the kid that's in for a hernia. Okay. The the lady has some other problem going on with her. Yeah, the lady, I believe, had a blood clot, if I remember. Oh, yes, you're right, actually. So she had a blood clot, and they were trying to do something to flush it out or take care of it, and basically Mm -hmm. the procedure goes the opposite direction, and they lose her. Right, right. So part of the struggle for Elliot in the episode is being able to kind of make a decision to push this uh, risky um, uh, antibiotic uh, to be able to see if it can help alleviate the condition. But it's a uh, a lot of what... Elliot's having difficulty with is being able to wrangle with a decision that could potentially lead to somebody's death. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a bit in the episode where she's at a soda machine and Carla confronts her because she was going to go in and, you know, basically be there to try to explain the situation for uh, for the lady that was dying. And then she goes away, goes in there, and she's trying to decide between um, like two different types of sodas. And it's like a really good moment for those two characters because it's an opportunity for for uh, Elliot uh, to really like kind of let Carla in into like a core vulnerability that that she kind of has and be in in being able to kind of make decisions that have that kind of weight and impact and it's something that kind of like follows Elliot through the rest of her character arc in Scrubs is you know 
how much he really cares about wanting to be a doctor and, and be there for people, but how taxing it really is. And I think that's uh, something that Scrubs does a really good job at is that you, you know, you kind of think about how that patient doctor relationship, especially for patients that are in as, as a, uh, as regulars for, for, for diseases or for, you know, other types of um, uh, conditions that they might have, that they have that relationship built out. And yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's a really good um, opportunity for them to kind of build out as characters and establish a relationship going forward. And then finally, at the very end, you have Turk, who basically is on the opposite side of the spectrum right. at the beginning of the episode, where he's just like, I don't want to know their names. I don't want to know anything about them. I just want to get them down on the table and do the work that I need to, and I can separate myself from whatever is happening and not make it a big deal. Yeah. There's even a metaphor that he uses. I mean, not in this episode, but in another episode. It's like, like she talks about surgeons where Carl is confronting him about like trying to be, you know, trying to... Uh, trying to impart the importance of spending time with their patients uh, to Carlos' nurses. And he goes like, no, baby, surgeons, we're like hammers. And the patients, they're like nails. We hammer the nails. And that's kind of like the, you know, the the the, the kind of way in which uh, which Turk thinks initially um, in, the, uh, in the series. But that, of course, changes, especially with his relationship with David Morrison and, you know, with other patients that come on later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then basically the the summary of all this, there's a lot of, there's a lot of gags and jokes that are put inside of here, but at the very end of the story, essentially all three of the patients for them die. Yeah, and that's the point. Is like they start they start the episode by quoting a statistic where you know uh, you know one in three patients in a hospital will uh, one in three come patients that die. are admitted to a hospital will die, and so all three of them end up dying, and they all kind of like pick up little bits and lessons from it. I think one of my favorite visual gags up in the episode is when um, uh, JD is first told by. Um, Miss Tanner that uh, that she wants to die, and uh, the uh, the carrier man comes in and says, "I have a uh, you know I have a, a ton of bricks for Doctor Dorian," and then just like literally bricks just fall from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, the- yeah. yeah, there are a lot of like weird sight gags and and pieces that happen throughout the episodes that are hard to like actually like. Oh yeah, just a ton of bricks actually falls on them. Or uh, uh, let's see anything else for oh, these episodes. Like somebody's arm caught on fire. Uh, yeah, that was in the um, next episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's a in this one, Miss Tanner is like actually breaking out of the hospital, is like pretending this. Oh prison. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that one was funny. Yeah, yeah, and it was really cool to kind of see a little bit of like the dynamics between like JD and uh, and Miss Tanner, especially when she like first goes in there, and, and he like because like JD's character is always kind of looking for external validation from Doctor Cox, who's like a father figure mm-hmm. uh, to him. He has that kind of complex going on. And so when he goes in and Miss Tanner's like, no, he's like subtly encouraging him to kind of usher out the people and like be strong and everything is kind of really funny and cute. Yeah. yeah. He, he has very, hey, could you guys go ahead? And they're like, no. And he's just like, out. Oh! <laughs> and, and she's just like, all right, good. good. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So that was uh, my old lady. Yep. So moving on to the next one and the two-parter with your uh, your boy. Oh, Brendan Fraser. So we start with Brendan Fraser on season one, episode 22, My Occurrence. Yes. When Jordan's brother, Ben, comes in for a medical exam, Dr. Cox reveals he uh, his more compassionate side with J.D., uh, and JD must reluctantly deliver the bad news about Ben's health. So we should explain a little bit about Dr. Cox and um, particularly Jordan as well, since Dr. Cox and I guess Jordan were together at one point. Right. So they start the series actually divorced. Um, so they used to be together. Something happens, which is explained in a later episode. 
um, but they end up being divorced. And so uh, Jordan is a member of the board of trustees for the hospital, and Dr. Cox works there as an attending physician. And so Dr. Cox is kind of like your big kind of typical masculine macho man doctor who works out, is very intense about his work. He smiles, but when he smiles at you, you know it's a bad sign. Yeah. He, he has his character is very much about being kind of just a pompous, egotistical asshole. But he is a pompous, egotistical asshole that is extremely good at his work and also takes his you know patient relationships very seriously, even if he likes to sometimes insult his patients. Yes. So, uh, as said, we have Ben who arrives inside of here, who is actually, as we said, Jordan's brother. But he has a great Cox has a great relationship with Ben, even though pretty much. Cox div- was divorced from Jordan. Jordan, right. So it was kind of a, they play on this a little bit where um, uh, Jordan was forced to, or rather Dr. Cox was forced to, cho- wait, no, no, no. Ben was forced to choose between Dr. Cox and Jordan because of them breaking up. Right. But, you know, ultimately Ben kind of maintains cordial relations with them. But you can definitely see that the more amicable of the relationships is with Ben and Dr. Cox. Right. Basically, Jordan is just like, I don't know why you're still hanging around with my ex-husband. He's just like, oh, I'm having fun. I got my camera. Here's a picture. <laughs> Here's a picture. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they play off that Brendan Fraser's ca- uh, character, Ben, is very much kind of just a klutz. He, at the very beginning, he is, you know, coming into the ER and he has a, a board on his hand. Yeah, a board on his hand with a nail in it. And it's like bleeding. And mm-hmm. Dr. Cox is treating them and JD kind of comes in and then he starts getting all woozy. And then Dr. He's just like, hey, ch- check out the board. Show him the board. Show him the board. Touch my nail. Touch my nail. And then, like, then he just falls over. <laughs> Which is very much what I would have done in that situation. <laughs> but yeah it's it's great the two of them just like together on screen it's just so enjoyable to see them so the basis of the story is that uh pretty much they just spend time with ben mm-hmm. uh dr cox is kind of opening up a little bit having more fun they take jd out on the town uh they're essentially the big point is that you know they go and play some pool and you know ben pretty much looks at his bandage for the hand and yep. he goes like Huh, it's bleeding again. Huh, it's been doing that a uh, bunch. And pretty much, you know, JD and Cox look at themselves and go like, oh, we need to get this checked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, and that's another thing that speaks to another um, theme about being a doctor is that you're never really off. Yeah. You're always on call at any particular moment. So if somebody's having a medical emergency and you are physically the closest doctor in proximity to them and do have the skills to treat them, boop, boop, you're going to have to go and and uh, do that and so that's that's another thing that i really like about uh, about the show is just like and in the show you'll notice that all of them also have beepers um remember those were were a thing oh my god not just for drug dealers not just for drug dealers but for (laughs) doctors too yeah um so they were also drug dealers wow i mean you're not wrong but you're twisting the truth in a very very curious way you can't see the finger guns i'm using <laughs> right now but yeah visual jokes of the podcast <laughs> yeah that so, works so well. there's an interesting thing that happens in this episode too which mm-hmm. is the fact that they get back to the hospital they run some tests on ben and basically uh you know jd goes to the room and is about to deliver the news that are on the test but earlier in the episode there was like some questions about oh there's some mix-ups and there's been some problems in the lab right so one of the gags that ends up happening is with Turk, who's about to operate on a patient, um, they're going to like remove a testicle, and then 
Uh, they noticed that um, uh, the guy isn't circumcised because apparently there was another patient that the that the Todd, which is another character who's like a beef macho man, but nowhere near as smart as Doctor Cox. Yeah, as as I think they said in another episode, he's essentially a frat boy that turned into a surgeon. Pretty much, yeah. it's exactly the, that's <laughs> and, the way. Any time that there's like a a sexual innuendo joke that can be said, Todd is immediately there to say it. Yeah, and he's just like you just imagine the person with no filter at all. That's Todd, and so. He kind of goes in and say, are you guys operating on a hernia patient? And, you know, they, they kind of realize the mix up at that point. And then Turk kind of goes in later in the conversation between um, uh, Elliot, Turk and JD about the fact that he almost cut off somebody's testicle, which, you know. And then basically off of that, like um, JD is on a little bit higher alert to look for stuff that might be a mix up. Right. So but when these lab results go in, he takes a look at it and he's just like. I wonder if there's a mix-up on this. Let's go take a look. So he goes and he takes it and he does some other work and he goes and gets a, you know, a, a new test of the blood test and mm-hmm. he goes and takes care of all this stuff to try and make sure and double-checking on this and he goes looking to make sure that everything's fine and he gets the new results and the new results come back and everything's happy and, hey, good news, it's the very end of the episode. There's no problems whatsoever. But boom, it's actually a dream. The entire thing was a setup where Ben was there and doing a stage photo because Ben always takes candid pictures. So you can't actually believe that this is the truth because Ben got everybody together for a real picture. And Mm -hmm. half of them he didn't even actually have character interactions with. And it's that moment where you're dialed in and uh, and JD, Dr. Cox and Ben are in the room. Ben and Dr. Cox have cards in their heads because they're playing some sort of stupid card game. Which was the game that they were playing like... Essentially, in the episode, what you would assume like 12 hours earlier. Yeah, so we've much. rewound to that particular point where JD is standing there with the lab f- info. Yeah. And he says, Ben, you have leukemia. Yeah. And there's like, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> 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 Enjoy your happy feelings on this chuckle worthy show. Are you not entertained? Well, guys, don't worry. We're going to kick up the fun value for the next one. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's God. do it. Yeah. How about we bring back Brendan Fraser for season three, episode 14, My Screw Up. My Screw Up. Uh, it's Jack's first birthday, so Jordan's siblings, Danny and Ben, are in town. Dr. Cox tells JD to leave a patient for half an hour and check up on Ben's leukemia, but then the patient dies. And then from there, well, things take a turn. Oh, they do indeed. Uh, so Doc. I said, we have Ben back in town. Yep. So yeah. this is the, probably only the second time he shows up. Um, actually, what I ended up realizing when we were uh, doing the episodes is that there is another episode immediately after that one where they actually do take care of Ben's leukemia and it does go into remission because I mentioned earlier in the episode that Ben um, had the leukemia in remission and then, you know, he had on his international, you know, roundabout tour. He uh, didn't up and he didn't end up seeing any medicine shaman or uh, uh, medicine men shaman or doctors along the way. So the whole thing is that Ben still clutched, not really taking care of himself. But at least in that episode, uh, which is supposed to be like his next follow up from season one, he's um, he's there and uh, was uh, basically assigned to JD to uh, to be taken care of and have the test run to make sure that the leukemia didn't come up. But in the meantime. Um, because JD unfortunately ends up uh, having an issue with another patient, Doctor Cox kicks him out, takes over all of his patients, and then is there in the hospital. But then Ben is there to keep him company as he's going through trying to um, trying to keep all of those patients alive, and stays up for something like thirty six hours, sixty or hours, sixty hours, and just 
haggard and has to leave. And basically, I feel like, was there any other stories for anyone else during this one? So there was a subplot with Carla and Turk where... Uh, Tur- uh, oh, it was the mole? Yeah, it was the mole and the last name because Carla... Both of them have, like, the mole the t- being for Turk, like, a part of his identity. The last name for Carla being, like, because her last name in the show is Carla Espinosa. So that's a part of her kind of cultural identity. And so it's kind of like a point where they're trying to find compromises for each other. But then in the process of compromising, they're losing part of themselves in the relationship. And then there's, like, a bit where uh, Carla is, like, tr- constantly trying to get the Dr. Kelso, who is also, like, the chief of medicine in the hospital. He's a really kooky character. Um, but is also kind of an asshole, but occasionally sometimes really sweet. Um, he's like Cox number two. He's Cox number two, but he's Cox number two. Um, but way more sour. Way more sour and, curm- and curmudgeonly because he's old. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, uh, uh, he's like, there's always there's a bunch of scenes where uh, where Carla is like either sitting at the lunch table with with Doctor Cox and trying like not, not Cox I'm sorry not Doctor Cox Doctor Kelso and trying to um uh trying to get him to weigh in on her personal problems and there's like another part where Ted is also in the episode where he lost a band member and is trying to also like have Doctor uh Doctor Kelso kind of weigh in on the personal life and every time Doctor Kelso is resistant and then like at the end of the episode. Dr. Kelso, as her, uh, as uh, Carla is stuck, is like in the supply closet, which happens to be a very important setting for a lot of key interactions between characters. It's a very intimate setting. It's a very intimate setting. Intimate things happen in the supply closet. I'm sure they do. They, they very much do. And so it's there where uh, Dr. Cox finally kind of... Ex- uh, not to, I keep saying Dr. Cox. You do. Dr. He's Kelso. the better of the doctors. He is know. the better of the doctor. The, it's, I, I, I do enjoy Dr. Cox. But... Um, Dr. Kelso finally kind of confesses that he, um, had tried to get, tried to get his wife to be able to, um, take the surgery to stop uh, snoring, which made it worse. But then, you know, the fact that, um, he can't fall asleep without her snoring kind of indicates that, you know, the thing that you might love for a person is the thing that you regret losing if you force that person to change that thing about themselves. Which then relates back to the entire thing with Turk uh, mm-hmm. and his wife, whose name I'm flaking on, where basically they're just like, you know, if we were to get rid of your last name and get rid of your mole, that would technically be taking away something from you. Exactly. And uh, how about a, a big old brick of fun to, to go ahead and finish <laughs> off this episode? I'll allow you to, to wrap up exactly what happens with Dr. Cox here at the end. So after uh, going to um, after going to JD, who is in the shower with his shower shorts, <laughs> which is way too relevant to me. Uh, wait, wait, why is this relevant? To because you? that week I had went to actually go exercise and realized that when I went into the gym shower room, I walked in with my full walked into the shower with my full gym wear on. <laughs> Just like I don't want anybody to see my body. I'm fine. <laughs> I felt like I never nude at that moment. I was just like, this is a problem. For the man that has nothing to hide, but wants to. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, getting back into it, um, Dr. Cox kind of uh, forgives him for the fact that he ends up um, killing a patient. And then finally, Ben leads him on out. And then they're off to go to their uh, to Jack's, who is um, Jordan and uh, Dr. Cox's son's uh, first birthday. But it becomes immediately evident that they are not, in fact, going to a birthday. Yeah, it's very weird that they're all dressed up at this park. Yeah, they're all dressed up in black tie. And, you know, 
as as Ben is trying to get Dr. Custom to forgive himself and to finally recognize that, you know, you can you can let it go, man. You can let you can let this bad stuff in your mind just not take over your life and force you into all kinds of worse decisions. He then turns over to JD and JD says, uh, oh wait, he he's like he's going to uh, he's talking about how people are going to be taking pictures of his son and you know and, uh, and spending time with uh, spending time saying hello to for to people that Jack has never met. And then he uh, turns over to um, to see JD walk up and JD says, "Where do you think we are?" And then Ben is immediately poofed out of existence. It's just Doctor Cox and JD looking at each other, and it pans out to a cemetery because Ben is dead. Oh no! guys but then it's like so but then i'm confused that confused me though why because they made this big deal about talking about this kid's birthday party so did ben come back for the birthday party and then his cancer was back so he died while he was there for the birthday party and and at what point does his image become like ghostly because does he ever actually during the episode like was he ever there? The was whole he time? ever actually there? Yeah. He was actually there. So, so he was there for the tests. I assume he was there for the tests. So when uh, Doctor Cox brought uh, Ben over to JD to have him basically go and uh, take the tests, um, that was probably the last moment where he would have been alive. Okay, and, and then, then basically the entire point that I assume JD says that they lost him. He assumed. Uh, his like mind wrapped it to being that other guy yeah. opposed to his bro- to his friend slash step brother. Yeah. And then going like, oh, well, then I've got to make sure that you don't screw up because obviously it was a screw up. And now I've got to go ahead and work for all these hours just to occupy myself. Wait, yeah. I'm so confused. So did he die like while they were testing him to see if he had leukemia? That makes no, 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 sense. No, no, no. The whole thing was that JD had a bunch of other patients that he was working on. He, there was another person. There was another doctor that he was caring for the load for on top yeah. of everything else that he was doing. So when he was down at the pharmacy getting uh, the prescription filled, uh, by the slowest pharmacy worker in existence. Right. Um, he got that page that was a code. That was Ben coding. Okay. Saying what? That he was Th- dying yes. or that yeah. he had that, that he was in that he was dying yeah. at that moment. And that they were trying to resuscitate him to save his life, but they could not resuscitate him. So he went in for testing and died. During testing. That can happen. Yeah. I'll die basically waiting for for the test. Yeah. That just seems rather sudden, especially for leukemia. Well, it can happen. And also, it's a TV show and we have to write this to work. Right. I know. It would have made sense if it was more than just everything in one day. Well, but we needed this gut punch to you. And it wasn't one day because if you think it's over the span of like four or five, because the entire time that Dr. Cox is like there running himself ragged, like he's worked for 60 some odd hours. Yeah. Yeah. But this was like after Ben dies. That's what I'm saying. Right. Where he goes in for testing and then he dies happened in one day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that can happen. Sometimes sometimes cancer is just there, and it will decide to do as it does when it decides to. Right, and again, creative liberties with the show. It's, I mean, it's, it could have happened that fast. It could not have happened that fast, but for the purposes of the narrative, it happened so that, you know. It, it was there so that you had that nice, like, that nice just under, like, you're blocking the arm, but you're just I mean, pushing I, I that get, gut punch just I mean, right I down. I mean, I get that, yeah. but then it mostly just made me confused. 
Well, I, I took from it like I this was the one that I was sitting there thinking a little bit more, which. So, for instance, one of the earlier episodes, particularly uh, the My Old Lady, yeah. Dr. Cox is there saying, like, dude, you got to get used to the fact that people die here. Like, it's a fact. It's something that happens. You're, yeah. you're, you need to, like, understand that. And then there's the, like, weird opposite that happened during this episode where Dr. Cox is like, nobody's dying on my shift, and which was very opposite of what he was in the season one episode that we watched. But it wasn't until after, like, this episode that I was like, Oh, that's why he was like that. Yeah, because because of the fact that he keeps very few people in close confidence. And so Ben is one of those people that he has that really intense personal relationship with. And when he loses Ben, it's kind of like it's it, it it's him having the mental breakdown where it's like the kid screwed up. I can't let anybody else die because if I leave anybody else but myself here to take care of these patients, then they're they're all going to die and that same thing that happened to ben is going to happen to everybody else and i as a as a doctor i can't let that happen but it's also like a active like what would you say like self-flagellation yeah, like it's self-flagellation. I, ha- I have to i have to be here i have to suffer here in the hospital as long as i can because of this and it's also kind of his escape because he is unable to kind of confront the reality that ben has died he doesn't want to believe that, that happened and because um, it's kind of explained in other episodes too, where Doctor Cost is kind of like his main, his life is the hospital. So if um, if something happens in his personal life that is technically outside of the hospital, he goes to the hospital as an escape from that. He uses work as an excuse to be able to avoid personal conflicts or issues that he might be dealing with outside. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to say about Scrubs uh, is that. I think the number one thing about the show beyond the like the way that it weaves between very serious and very goofy at times is the music. Oh, yeah. Like the one thing about Scrub- like I, even before watching Scrubs, like I have downloaded these seasons of music to listen to it because between like the, there are there are several artists that I like. Yeah, enjoyed the, the Shins, Colin Hay, Eels, Neil Lara, Jan Stevens, Laszlo Bain, Jeremy Kay, Colin Hay. There's so many artists that just have um, uh, that ha- that have their music included into the show. There's that uh, that one cover of uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yes, that is like one of my favorite. Just like it's originally by a. Uh, I can't say his last name, but I know that the uh, the original was made by a guy named Israeli. He was a ukulele singer from uh, Hawaii, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely beautiful song. Yeah. And it was the first time I was like exposed to that, and I was just like, "Oh, well, let me find out about the song." And then the 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 kind of like progression of that. So, um, and yeah, you mentioned a few like the Shins, uh, and uh, there was what was the second one you said? Oh, uh, I said the Shins, Eels. John Cale, Colin Hay. Colin Hay. Yeah. Colin Hay is another one yeah. that I Laszlo super Bain, um, Of course, the fray. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the fray. Uh, they actually end up joking in the in one of the episodes about you know you know music from the fray. Goodness gracious, that wouldn't make sense in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. There. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of like the music is very like it's very much that kind of like indie rock soft kind of play music i don't know what you would even call it like yeah. it's very indie it is very indie and that's actually something that bill lawrence talks about in a lot of the behind the scenes stuff is bringing in a lot of these indie rock artists and some of their music into the show because 
you know because he really wanted to have like their music be under like a companion to different scenes in the in the show or just like hone in on different you know narrative points and it's not like Zach Braff has any problems with that whatsoever nope not god dear jeez what garden state okay <laughs> That goddamn movie was just like, here's a bunch of bullshit that happens as an indie soundtrack plays behind. Um, oh, boy. So, Scrubs, uh, any any last points you want to make there, Martin? I mean, honestly, Scrubs is one of those shows that I find I can go back to again and again and again, and it will always make me laugh. It will always make me cry. And the character work in the show is just absolutely phenomenal. And some of the episodes later, there's like a lot of de- character development that happens with with Elliot too, as she kind of comes to her own as a doctor, and then of course like like uh, Carla and and Turk's relationship is is um uh, is uh, flushed out too, and of course Doctor Cox and Jordan end up getting back together. Spoiler alert! Uh, Gross. Yeah, very much so. Uh, and it's it's just a show that really does capture the working professional and personal life of. Uh, of healthcare professionals in the United States, and it was is, and it was at a time before Obamacare. What? Yeah, I know. Think about that, man. Craziness. Do you mean I actually have to get like insurance for my employer? Weird. Yeah, crazy. Who gets that? Yeah, yeah. Four hundred one k. But yeah, it's it's a phenomenal show and it's one that I cannot recommend enough to people. It, it especially if you um if you like uh if you like a good a bit of dose of comedy and drama and Brendan Fraser and drop I mean, drop he's pass. in 3 episodes. You he can't... is, but they're the three best episodes. Okay? They are very highly rated. They're fucking delicious. Uh, okay, so I'm very curious since Sabrina came into this going like, "Uh, eh, Scrubs not so sure. What's your feeling about it now?" I mean, it was pretty funny, but it was also, like, surprisingly serious at times. So, I think if I actually watched it from beginning so I could get more context, I think it's a better show than I thought it was initially. But again, like I said, the few episodes I watched were, like, later episodes. So, I don't know. Maybe it's really good in the beginning and then it doesn't get so good later on. There is a bit of a quality drop off towards season uh, six to eight, I would say. Uh huh. But definitely seasons one and two are top tier. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much anything on IMDb for seasons one through three that I'm seeing is like the lowest I see is like a seven point nine. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it, it's pretty much everybody across the board really likes it. Yeah, and mostly I, I like Ted. Oh, Ted is- okay. Yeah, we should talk about Ted. Yeah, we need to talk about Ted. <laughs> Ted is the sad sack of the world. He is the saddest sack. But it's interesting because in the show, uh, they have a band called the Worthless Peons. <laughs> but and the Worthless Peons combines like him, a guy from shipping and receiving, another guy from um, like billing, and the one other person. And they're like sometimes they they actually have a arc for the Worthless Peons. Mm-hmm. They start by singing um, like a. What is it? Um, sh- Speed Racer was the first one. Yeah, they start by doing like uh, 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 sh- covers of show tunes, and then they do like their own independent like little jingles, and then they go to covers of popular songs, oh. and then they go into actual full on performances as mm-hmm. like their own independent acapella group. It's really cool, and they're an actual band outside of the show. What? Yeah, that's the thing. Those that's four amazing. characters actually um, met on Scrubs, and then they 
performed actively and put stuff out under the label Worthless Peons. Yeah, because I was like when we were watching the best of t- uh, Ted on um, on YouTube. I was like, wow, they're actually really good. They are. They are. They're like the serious acapella yeah. group. And they, yeah, they, 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 and the right pieces. And they've also uh, got some um, uh, mixed instrumental stuff too. It's, it's really great. They even mm-hmm. cover some of the songs from the show too. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like Ted. And I do like Zach's character. I think he's a sweet JD. JD. Yes, he's a sweet boy. <laughs> he, 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 such a sweet boy. He, yeah, he, he is, is a little pancake. He is too precious. <laughs> he's too precious, too pure. He's too, a cinnamon roll. Yeah. He's a roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the um yeah, it, it's a, it's a good show. Uh it also unfortunately was a show much like Futurama that was batted around by networks. Yeah. So it basically was on like NBC for a while and then it got batted around and then it was on ABC for a while and batted around and then finally just like had one of those slow moving deaths. Yeah. yeah. But at least they were able to end it on their terms. On nine seasons. Five, eight seasons! <laughs> Only eight seasons of Scrubs! If you, if, uh... if you have a contentious last season, is it really ending it on your terms? Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> It's not that's not ending it on your turns. It's called we got renewed after the fact. God. Wow. Martin, you realize that's the reason I bring you here to find ways to force pain upon you. I know. It hurts. It doesn't make it any less. <laughs> this palatable. is what you get for missing the Sonic episodes. Uh, so, uh, all right, that takes care of us for this week. Uh, I think we would say give Scrubs a look. If probably just. Start off the first few episodes, yeah. see if it's your deal, and uh, go from there. And if it turns into your deal, then get ready for eight seasons. Eight delicious seasons. Just avoid the last one and also avoid, it uh, looks like, um, what is this, season six, episode something or other, it, A Night to Remember, it looks like it's just a rehash episode. Oh, yeah, that is a, yeah, it's. It's got a 5.8. Nobody liked it. Yeah. No one likes rehash episodes. They're they're not necessary. No, they're really not. But it, I guess they just had filler. Yeah. Needed to put something out. Writers were out for the week. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, that'll take care of us for this week. Uh, we will go ahead and catch you next week. Uh, thank you, Martin. Hi. Uh, Thanks, Sabrina. You're welcome. Thank you, all of you wonderful friends over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Club that want to hang around, want to be part of our Discord, want to get the episodes early. You can go ahead and go over there to uh, to enjoy that. Next week, so uh, basically we were low on choices, as you can tell, three-man crew. Uh, Sabrina didn't have anything particular, so I get another choice. Woo! And uh, you know what? I really wanted the, the next choice is not something that's particularly close to my heart, but I, it's kind of spawned its own little legend. And I have a feeling that this entire two-episode span is going to be odd tonal choices. Because, <laughs> hey, guess what? An Emperor's New Groove is an odd tonal choice for a Disney movie. It is. So, uh, next episode, An Emperor's New Groove. We're finally getting into a tiny bit of Disney, but probably not from the angle you expected. The one Disney animated movie, which was the begin of the end of Disney animation for a while. So, uh, we will catch you next week for more Saturday Friends fun. Till then, sleep well, everyone. And stay groovy. Bye.